When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Hey, hey, I am here with Ann Spinks and uh, I I, I chose the, the topic as like how to grow, actually how to build a successful business as a lifelong learner because what I know about Anne is that she's a lifelong learner. I mean, you know, what, what I love about you, Anne, is that you've built a successful business. You're so coachable. You love sharing with the other women to help them be more successful. So you're so generous with that. And some people who have been in the industry a long time, I hate it that like some women are not generous to share. And you're always like wanting to help everybody as opposed to being like, well, here's a secret that I learned 20 years ago that I'm not going to share because I learned it and I had to work against all the men who, you know, who I fought against to get there. So Tell us a little about your background, your business, um, and then uh, we'll jump into some of that stuff. I've been in the business for 39 years. I came in with my dad, who had been in the business quite a long time when I joined him. And I started pretty much as a licensed assistant. I didn't really have a lot of clients of my own. I picked up a few here or there. And then um, he got sick. And I took over his business and then decided to change it to fit me because the business that he had grown worked for him, but it didn't work for me. And so I turned it more into a financial planning and investment advisory firm. And from that point on, I've just continued to grow the business. That's awesome. So what are some of the things that have come up for you? Because I know we've talked about this offline just around the challenges as a woman in the industry, because you've had to kind of fight it for 39 years. I mean, you started with your father, a man. I I noticed that that he's a man. Um, and, and just changing the business, which I'm assuming since what you said was kind of more transactional from more transactional to more, I like to say transformational, but more of a advisory, like you said, type business. But what are some of the challenges that you had kind of coming up against all that and and then the men in the industry and everything like, especially 39 years ago, but I, unfortunately it hasn't changed that much or, or has it, I guess, tell, tell me about that. It has, I have seen changes, but when I first started the business, there would be two women in a room of 50 men. And luckily, three. yeah, no, luckily now there's, there's about a fourth of the room, maybe women at the most. But there weren't a lot of women in the business and the, the men, um, you know, they, they wanted to do it all their way. And if you would, 
raise your hand and say, well, maybe we could try it like this. They'd be like, oh, we've never done it like that. So no, you know, but in, in 2004, when I took over the business from my dad, um, I was really at a crossroads and I was not happy with the way the industry was pushing me. And I sat in a coaching room. Um, I had our, our broker dealer had a coaching program and we met quarterly and I sat in the room and I heard a speaker talk about how the, the future of this business was built on relationships and that um, if you could develop a relationship with your clients, you could help them get where they wanted to be and reach their goals. And it transformed me because I do not like the, the data part, the analytical part of our business at all. Um, it's not that I can't do it. I can, but that's not my passion. And I don't like that. But sitting with people and helping them get to their goals and building a relationship with them and building that sense of, of trust and camaraderie and teamwork, that was my strong point. And that moment was like a light bulb that went off. And I'm sitting in a room, there's two women in this room, and there's 15 men. And the men went into shock. They were like, what do you mean? Build a relationship? I want to give them, you know, the data, the returns, the this, the that. And, and I went, yay, 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 yay. I finally found my foothold. And so from that point on, I proceeded to totally transform the practice and change it from a transactional practice, as you said, and for having a relationship with me to help them build their goals and build their dreams and achieve their, their dreams and their goals. And it, it totally changed everything. Um, and as a result, I've, I've been very successful. So although I was in the business for a long time before that, I never really had the freedom to do what I wanted until that point when I, I took over the business entirely as my own and said, mm, that's that just that old way didn't work for me. And I still see people struggling with that old way. Um, and especially women, I, I try to pull them aside and say, there's a different way to do this. I can help you get there. And like you said, people helped me when I started, I got, I had a coach and it went into that coaching program and it was a woman who started that coaching program. And so she helped me kind of start, you know, when I said, I, I, how do I change this? She kind of gave me some guidance on how I could go forward. I have a lot of great men in this business who think like I do. I mean, I kind of gravitate towards those types, and they helped me um, move that direction too. Um, and then coaching programs like your program that are strictly female based have really helped me meet more and more women. One thing I will say is my um, broker dealer, the, the president is a woman, and that has helped because she has set up a woman's group that we meet um, every other year as a group and have a, our own women's conference. And so I've been able to meet and encourage other women in the business. And this is a great business for women because we, um, we care a lot about other people as a whole. Um, and it's got some flexibility built in. So it allows us to have families 
and have a flexible schedule and be able to be attentive to both our clients and our, our families and our spouses. And so I, I say that, you know, there's things about this business that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. And and it is, you can get to a point where it's so flexible, right? Especially if you're not just running, you know, running ragged, but you're building the recurring revenue and you're setting yourself up for success. I mean, we talk a lot about obviously getting ideal clients because sometimes it, I, I meet women who even have a hundred million under management and they're still running around like a chicken with their head cut off because now they have to service so many clients. And it's like you, if you start by really getting to the right people and you don't have to have as many clients, you can have the right clients. And I, I know you've done that even before we started working together. I mean, you did a lot around that. Um, what, what else did you do as far as like coaching programs? And cause I know you just, you're always kind of going from one thing to the next. Cause you know, like doing it on your own is, is, is not it. Did you have an experience where you tried to do it on your own and it didn't work? So you kept getting help or was it more like you just intuitively knew, like I wanted to get there faster. And so having, having that support would help me. Um, I, I started in my first coaching program in 2005 and that ran for two years and then there was a little lag after that. And the group from that, um, the, the group of men that I met in that coaching program, we stayed together as a study group. And then some of us were like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I need another, I need another coaching program. I need somebody else to push me a little harder and to get me to that next level that I want to be at. And one of the, the men in that group was um, my, became my OSJ. And he put together a small coaching group for another year or so. And then I moved from that coaching group to another coaching group. And then, you know, it's just where I find that I grow better and succeed more if I have one, some accountability and two, some people to cheer me on or to give me new information that will help me grow. Um, I mean, during all this time, I've gotten two more professional designations. I'm always learning and I'm always trying to learn from other people. I met with an attorney this week on estate planning. She gave me a lot of great ideas. So I'm, I, I met this morning. I talked to a tax preparer and gave, got ideas from her. I'm always learning. But coaching is another way to learn. You get into a group coaching situation and you know, everybody's got a different level of expertise and you can learn from those people and you can also help each other. And usually we're from different parts of the country. And so you don't feel threatened that this person's going to move into my territory, of course. And so you, you know, you let your guard down and you learn, you listen, you become friends, you, you become part of each other's lives in the business community. And then when stuff comes up, you text each other and say, hey, have you seen this? And, oh, I remember you had this client that you needed that. I saw this article and you send things off to each other. You know, you just, you, you grow that way with the interaction. We're not standalone in this business, even though we own our own businesses. And there's a lot of people that have, you know, different structure. But my structure is I could be an island here by myself if I didn't engage with other professionals so that I can can learn. And I have a partner, a business partner, we share staff. And even he, we connect on a regular basis and pass ideas back and forth. And he, I met him 
in that first coaching program in 2005. And I had um, kind of a, a weird circumstance come up. Uh, I guess it's been like five years now, maybe six, seven. And my employee was leaving. And I called him and said, oh, my employee's leaving. And I'm sort of at a loss for what the next move is. And he said, hey, let's consider merging our staffing together where um, we share staff and become a kind of a group like that. And that made a huge difference for me because I'm not running the staffing. He has an office manager that hires and fires and we don't fire, but you know, hires people and because we just keep growing and we keep adding staff. And once we get them trained, we do everything we can to keep them on because they're invaluable to us. And the one thing about my partner is that he has a, a different mindset than I had. And I have really learned from that and that he delegates everything, 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 everything that's outside of his box, he delegates. And I wasn't used to that. And so I have learned to delegate everything. And when people call me and my clients, for instance, they'll ask a question, I'll say, just a minute, I'll have to put you through to whoever, because I don't handle that. <laughs> and they can help you because they're excellent at that. But the nice thing about that is then my, my clients interact with my staff on a regular basis and they get back to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I just love her. She is awesome and solves all my problems. And they know then for the little things to call them, the big things to call me. And the other side of that is our staff, if it, they know it's out of their purview, then they say, you know, let me just schedule an appointment for a phone call or whatever you need. And Ann and you can talk about that. And that has helped me grow as well, is getting rid of all the minutia. And I had to do that before I could really afford it. You know, I had to let go of all that stuff in advance of when I can really afford it. Meaning I had to kind of reduce my pay so that I could pay somebody else to help me. And I had done that um, before my partner and I came together, but um, then us coming together, it even trained me even more to let go of all the little things that are not, they're not really what I should be doing. My part is to be with the clients, to put the puzzle pieces together for them, to help them come up with a plan, to help decide on what investments and where we're going with that plan and what fits into that plan. That's, that's my specialty. That's what I'm really good at. How, how that works with taxation, how that works with estates, all of that. That's not my, my staff's expertise. And, but yeah. they are awesome at everything else, technology, paperwork, everything else. They're great with the customer touches, all of that. So many good gems in there. I, I would say for one, I love that you said, I mean, it sounds like you're starting off managing the expectation right from the bat. And that is often missed because, um, you know, even one of our fans we were talking to the other day, she was saying like, how do I do the handoff? Right. So basically like, I want my assistant to handle this stuff and do the follow-up and the onboarding, but then it feels like I'm already pawning them off. Almost feels like a bad thing, but it's like, if, if you involve them from the beginning, and this is what they're great at. And you introduce them well, and you manage those expectations. 
similar, I mean, I have the same experience. I'm like, uh, you don't want to talk to me about that. That would be such a waste. Like if you're going to talk to me, we even did this, we had an event recently. And at first I said, you know, and I haven't done this in so long, but I said, you know, when you sign up for this program, uh, like they, it was an application thing. So do the application, they had to pay for the app, you know, to apply. And then they had to fill out this whole application and then they can get on a call with me. And truly it was a sales conversation. If I were to be frank, it was a sales conversation. And the, the first time we had done this as an application, I was like, okay, I better get on a half an hour call with them basically to, to help them get across the finish line. Because I know get people get scared, even if they want the program. And then I realized like that was ridiculous because they're probably like, three quarters of the way there, if not 90% of the way there. And like for them to take my time to try, and I don't want to sell anyone. I just want to make sure that they're, you know, they're not holding back, like, or they're not freaking out about the money or something like that. And so the next day, this is at a three-day event. The next day I basically said like, Hey, if you still want to talk to me about whether or not this is right fit, fine. You don't have to you know, pay any more money. You know, you can just do the application, but if you figure out the money ahead of time, you can talk to my team about this. They're good at that stuff and, and go through the, the, the payment options and all that stuff. And if you figure out the money before, and then we can actually use our half an hour as a coaching call, you get way more value. And I think there was like, I don't even know if one person didn't do it that way. So everybody got super resourceful. They found the money, you know, figured it out. So then we got on a call and I gave them a laser coaching session for 30 minutes. And they were like, Oh my God, this was so amazing. Like, thank God we weren't talking about the money. Like I should be spending time talking about about where's the money going to come from. Is it the financing option? Is it the payment plan? Is it, you know, you're paying full and where are we going to move your money? Like you should not be talking to me about that. Like it's just a waste of my talents to be talking about that stuff. So it was really cool. And that was like in the midst of it, I realized I made that mistake and kind of fixed it. But I think that expectation, setting that expectation is huge. So that was one really great thing you said. Um, the other thing is that you couldn't afford it and you couldn't afford not to, which is why you did it. Right. And now knowing how much you can grow your business when you have someone doing all the minutia, all that stuff, all the admin stuff that you should not be doing, you can't afford not to do it. So you find the money, just like my clients find the money. Like I, they can't afford not to do it. So it's like, I mean, so many people come to me and they're like, I want to do this. I know it'll grow my business. I can't find, you know, I don't have the money. They find the money to make it work. Similarly, it's like you found the money to get the admin, to get that in place. You had to take a little hit at the beginning. And then that's what allowed you to grow so fast. Did you see like, uh, like exponential growth when you did that, when, when you partnered with this guy and when you started, just took all those things, delegated more and, and took all that stuff off your plate? Yes, but I'm going to tell you why. Um, so Mike and I had made this decision to do this and um, we had like a March 15th strike date where everything would be converted over, you know, because we had to merge our CRMs and our filing systems and all that. So we had started this in the, let's say the first part of February and and the drop dead day was March 15th. Well, March 30th, I was approached to buy another small practice. Now, mine wasn't small compared to this practice. It was small. And I called Mike and I said, hey, this is really a good deal. This practice is. And what do you think about it? Can we handle this? I mean, we had I just come on board and we were going to have to repaper everything for this woman's practice. She was in the same broker dealer that I was in, but she was in a management company, a third-party management company that was shutting down their management side. And you had to repaper everything by the, um, like the end of, end of, or the middle of August. So think about that. You got like April through August to meet every single client, repaper everything. Plus she and I had to negotiate and come up with 
all the terms and everything. So, um, we, and how many talked, clients were you, how many clients were you looking at? How many it, was clients like, it was under a hundred households. Oh, it was around great. 75 households. It's a, it was pretty sizable. The yeah, dollar great. amount wasn't huge, but the, the number of clients was a lot. And, um, so we talked to the staff and, you know, we kind of got together and uh, had a big huddle and said, you know, can we do this? Cause it's taking on all these clients I had to physically meet with every single one of them, repaper everything, process all that paperwork. It had to be transferred out. So that meant we needed to have like July 15th as our deadline because, you know, the transferring process can take weeks. And so even when the, the person on the other end is anxious to transfer it away because they're shutting their business down, it still can take weeks. So we knew we had this very short timeline. So uh, we started that like mm, the third week in May. And that that advisor and I sat with every single one of her clients, redid all the paperwork. My my staff was sending me paperwork and I was printing it out and signing it. And because we weren't um, we really weren't using DocuSign back then. We weren't allowed to back then the way we are now. And so I brought on this, you know. 75 more households and all these assets within four months of, of us taking, making this um, combination practice, basically. And honestly, I couldn't have done that if I hadn't had three employees helping me, you know, manage all that paperwork and, and, and get it all done, processing all that paperwork. So that was a really good, um, right there was a, an instant learning curve that I can handle this stuff off. These ladies are awesome at doing it and they can handle it for me. I mean, they were scheduling appointments, doing all of that for me. I just showed up, boom, boom, boom. I mean, sometimes we're sitting at a Panera Bread. Sometimes we were sitting, we're just next, next signing paperwork, doing it. Hi, I'm Ann. Let me tell you a little bit about myself at this advisor's office. I mean, we were trying to juggle it all we could. So I immediately had a bump in my income because of that. And then I just saw, because of that, I saw the value of having staff. But the one thing I do want to say that I kind of really try to use with my clients and for myself is do everything with the end in mind. So your paper, you got paper files and you want to go paperless. Figure out what you want to look like in the end. What when you want to go retrieve a document or whatever, what is it? What does it want to be? What's the end going to be like? What do you want it to look like in the end? With, with your practice, what do you want it to look like in the end? And that gives you a clear path to how to move forward with every step. Because if you're just trying to look at this year or next year, what do I want my practice to look like today? Then you're short-sighting yourself because you could be in practice for 39 years. You could be in practice for 45 years. And if you don't constantly have that far out view of where you want your practice to be, you're going to not succeed. It's, you get tripped up in all the little tangles and snares and you, you get burnt out by it. Yeah, so be it, 
that's that's why I hired my first assistant. She was a mom. She came in three days a week from nine to three and and just did all sorts of stuff. And then uh, after I hired her, I graduated to a full-time assistant, you know, when I had enough work for the full-time. And so you can you can structure it how you need it in the beginning. If you need two full-time assistants, not right now, we have five. There's three advisors and five assistants and one um, young woman who's getting licensed to be a junior advisor. So we've got another advisor in the channel and we've just brought on our fifth employee as a result of that. And so we're constantly looking out to where are we going to be in two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. Um, We've got advisors at varying ages because of that. I'm the oldest my partner's 10 years younger than I am. We have another one 10 years younger than that. We've got this, this younger one coming up. We're constantly looking at where can we take this practice in the next 25 to 50 years? And you have to have that end in mind. Things are going to change. Technology is going to change. Our business has laws change. A lot of stuff changes. But where do you want to be? You know? Get that. And that's what we do with our clients, too. We're setting retirement goals. We're trying to get the end in mind. What do we have to do to get to this end to to the to get you all the way to death? And we do that every day with our clients. But we have a tendency not to do that as advisors with our practices. And and you have to do that with. And and the other thing I, I say is we we use technology as much as we can, because it is cheaper than an employee and it makes the employees we have more efficient. So get as much technology as you can to help you in your practice. I see advisors that still use Rolodex and index cards instead of a CRM. I've had a CRM since we had that way back when we had those big old floppy disks back in the the 80s and 70s so i'm always like you're so cheap that you are you're killing yourself in your practice because you don't want to pay a hundred dollars a month or whatever the cost is to have your crm for yourself and an assistant you're using index cards i used to be partnered in one um accountability partner in one coaching program with this guy that used little Rolodex cards. And I was like, he's like, I'm not paying for all that stuff. That is crazy. Yeah. Te- I mean, the technology is so, so huge. And it's always either you need a, you need a person, a human, or you need a system. And I agree with you, like use as many systems and processes as possible first. It's like a person, a policy, uh, a process, or a, well, we often are looking at projects, but it's like, first you need like this, that system. If you can use the system, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Here's the great thing. You get good technology. All your systems can go into it. So, you know, a client comes on, you push onboarding and the whole onboarding procedure comes up in your system and takes you through all the steps you need to do for onboarding in your workflow. So if you'll spend the money on technology, you can feed all your systems into your technology and save your assistant a ton of time because she's not scrambling around. How did we do this last year? We did this a year ago. I can't remember how we did this. It's right there. It's already in your system. 
That's huge. And it's so good to hear you say that because I, I think so many advisors don't even have an onboarding system. Like they don't even think of it that way. It's just kind of like, what? I just meet with the client and then we figure out what to do next. And I meet with the client as needed. And then there's the reviews and whatever, but it's like, there should be an onboarding process, you know, that should be in your vocabulary, but it's not. So yeah, you're, you got a lot of, I mean, I think that from all the coaching and all the things that, you know, you learned and like applying things that have made such a difference. Um, before we go, I want to shift gears for a second, just back to the, I know you said, you know, being part of FEM, our, our female empowered moneymaker program, and the fact that it's strictly women is really important to you. And we had a conversation about that too, where you were kind of emotional about it. Like, it's just so important to you. And I, I that's one of the reasons also why I wanted to bring you on because we're so on the same page around having more women in the business, inspiring other women and getting to that point where, you know, my goal is that it's no longer a male dominated industry, which sounds crazy, but like we can do that if we keep moving in this direction. So why are you so passionate about that? What, what, why is it so important for you to have those women around you and to be able to bring more women in the industry and inspire other women? What, tell me just the personal side of it, why it's so important to you. Well, I'm married, but there's a lot of women in our country, in the world that aren't married. They've been married, they may be single or divorced, they may have never been married, they may be widowed. And women live longer, statistically, they live longer than men. And our, our education system doesn't help them. It doesn't teach them how to manage money. A lot of times they don't even know how to really have a budget or to effectively, you know, effectively gather money so that they can can one day retire. And in, in addition to that, men, women manage children. They manage parents a lot of times. They manage people. They're pretty good at that, but they're not really good at, at money a lot of times. And it is an important thing for women to learn. And we fail them as a society if we don't help them get there. So women relate better to women that understand their needs and understand what their challenges are, what they're going through, what it's like to juggle a job and kids and and your parents that are aging and all the things that women have to juggle. And I think that we need more women in this business to help other women. Because even if they're married, I find that a lot of married couples will come to me because he wants his wife to connect with a woman advisor, and he's comfortable with someone that does what he needs done and helps him get where he wants to be, but he wants his wife to feel comfortable if something happens to him and know that she can call and and have a woman be there for her emotionally, financially, mentally, all of it. And I've had a lot of men tell me that the reason we picked you was because my wife was comfortable with you. My wife knew that if something happened to me, you would help her. You would be there for her. And that says a lot right there. That tells you right there why we need more women in this business to help women. It's like, that's exactly what we're creating is this femme movement. And, and this is why, like, and, and we've, we've been talking a lot about this recently with we always say we want femmes, female empowered moneymakers in the industry, meaning having more women be su- successful financial advisors. But the whole purpose of that is exactly how, like what you said was exactly how I would say it is like, cause women need women. Like it's like, we now need to empower these other women to create financial success and create femmes all around. And these, these women, like, I want them to start raising their hands and say, I want a woman advisor. Like that's what we're going to start to inspire is like the women saying, I want, I need a woman advisor. And I agree with you. It's not just 
single women or women in transition or, you know, women who don't have a husband that need this. Cause my mom is a great example of a woman who was clueless and even to this day still doesn't really want to know about the money. And even when I was an advisor, like having to, like, I was, it was the easiest time that she had talking about money was with me. Granted, I'm her daughter, but also because I wasn't just showing charts and all these numbers and things that like a lot of men tend to do. Like I could relate and I, and I could talk to women and, and help them understand and not make this be like such a, a difficult thing to understand to how to make financial choices. And the likelihood is hates thinking about my parents ever passing away, but the likelihood is if someone's going to go first, it's probably going to be my dad and my mom's going to have to deal with this. And so why not start dealing with it now? And so I think women all around just need more women and it's really unfair. And it's also scary. Just like you said, society failing like these women, it's unfair and scary if these women don't have women to go to, because then they just will try to do it on their own or they'll ignore it. Right. And it's not all women, of course, some women, you know, for sure they can do this on their own. It's not like anyone can't do it on their own. It's just easier to do it with someone else, especially with the support. And I think it's just uh, so important that we have women helping women. So important that these women start to recognize and say like, yeah, I need a woman to, to talk to about this because so many successful women are working with men and it's not like they have to, it's just, there are a lot of successful women out there, successful financial advisors who can help you. And um, I think it's important for the women to start to kind of raise their hand and say, I want, I want a woman advisor. That's, that's going to be my new, like, I got to find a hashtag for that <laughs> hashtag femme advisor, something, but uh, it's really important. It's really important. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Any last, last advice to add or anywhere if they, if they wanted to, I don't know if you want them to hit you up, but if you want them to find you, um, it's yeah. Tell them, tell them either where to find you or, or last minute advice, whichever you want. Um, where to find me, NavatiSpinks.com is my website and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook under NavatiSpinks.com or in, in Spinks. And just keep at it. it. It can be a daunting task to build a, a practice on your own in this business, but if you surround yourself with the right encouraging people, it, it's, it comes pretty naturally. It, it's much easier. And they support you and hold you up and cheer you on, just like our FEM group does. But there's other coaching programs. And even the ones with men in them are really great. And I just think finding a coach really, really helps and really moves your practice forward. Um, it, I mean, your coaching program focuses on one section of developing your business, but there's coaching programs that teach you how to segment your business, how to do all sorts of technical parts with your business. And I think those are really important as well. And um, a lot of the things I've learned that I put in practice long ago have propelled me forward in that part as well. And this program has helped me more with marketing and being around women and um, getting some younger voices um, in the industry. The, there's a lot of great young women in our program that are just starting in the business. And I love hearing from them and helping them, like you said, encouraging them and giving them some ideas and some things to look forward to because they can make it in this business and they can make money and they can have everything. They can have some time for their family and they can have some time with their clients and balance is important. And, and this business does allow it because you really own your own business and you 
can manage it as best you can. So I just keep going forward and keep plugging into these groups that help you help you learn and help cheer you on. Awesome. Awesome. And if you're not in our Facebook group, go to growing your financial business, the woman's way Facebook group. You can just search it in Facebook because that's something we're constantly putting stuff out there. I'm actually recording the, the podcast now. So you get the podcast earlier than they actually come out to, cause we're doing it live at, at the same time. And then at least you're part of the community and you start to see what's around you and what's possible and, and where you can focus, getting a lot of tips and, and tidbits there too. So um, join our community. We'll see you there. And we'll see you next time on Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, everybody. I actually have the link for the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So instead, you can just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register right now so that you can get five quality appointments in just five days. Now, this is not around you know you having to talk to friends and family and get all awkward. This is not about you having to spend marketing dollars online or create a whole funnel. This is going to be easy. It's simple. It happens in five days. If I can get you five quality appointments in five days, then you know that you can have the best year of your life because you just need to get in front of more of the right people. We will walk through it together as we do it. So do not miss this. And if you can, if you're smart, do VIP, spend a few extra bucks and you can actually spend time with me on Zoom where I can connect with you, get to know you and really help you get those quality appointments so that you can grow your business. And um, go ahead again, register at femalefinancialadvisors.com. You'll find it all there. It's happening, coming up very, very soon. So make sure to register, claim your spot, get in on this, get excited about it, block your calendar because you need to spend about an hour to an hour and a half uh, a day with me on the Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you can get these results and it does work. The most appointments I think we got in those five days, uh, someone, I think it was Dana, got 33 appointments. So you could be my best student and go well beyond the five quality appointments. Go to 10, go to 15, go to 20 and set yourself up for the best year ever. Can't wait to see you at the tag challenge. See you there. Thank you again for listening to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.